Welcome to another episode of the Tide Talk Podcast. Stacy Blackwood with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going? Doing good, man. Just uh, excited to be back and uh, recording. Uh, I know we uh, told our fans we were going to record sometime last week, but we worked so much and we just didn't get time to do it. But we're back tonight. We're ready to uh, share some good stuff with y'all tonight. Yeah, and you know, uh, kind of what we have on, on deck tonight is uh, I actually seen some some talk on Twitter yesterday uh, from uh, Drew DeArmond and Steve Moton from uh, 97.7 The Zone uh, in Huntsville. And uh, they were in their list of, of who they thought was the best quarterbacks uh, uh, in the Saban era at Alabama. So that kind of got me thinking, uh, you know, that would be a good topic for me and Jake to discuss and kind of share our thoughts. We haven't we haven't talked with each other about who we thought should be where on the list. So I'm kind of excited to see who he has where. And, and I'm, I'm sure he's looking forward to seeing who I got in some places. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes. I know we had a lot of questions. Um, you know, on Twitter the other day, uh, a lot of more about the baseball team and, and how we thought they might fare in the SEC tournament. Uh, we know, first of all, they got to make the SEC tournament first. Uh, yeah. Only, only 12 of the 14 teams make it to the, to the tournament. Uh, and right now they're, they're sitting at the bottom, but, the, but they got a chance. They got two more uh, series in conference play. Uh, they, they host Texas A&M this weekend in a three-game series. And then uh, the next weekend, they'll be uh, in Athens, Georgia against the Bulldogs. So I, I believe to probably uh, make the tournament, they're going to have to win at least three of the six SEC games, if not four. So, yeah, obviously, it depends on what happens uh, around the rest of the league. But, you know, winning three or four would almost pretty much put you in because then you, you, you're adding to – you're almost doubling the win total that you have in the SEC play so far anyway. So, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just kind of see how that goes, but I, I think if they get in, they can they can make it to the second round, possibly just kind of depending on you know how the matchups were were uh, laid out. Uh, but really, you know, me, me and Jake have been talking. Really, next year is the year that they could really make some noise in the SEC. They got they got to add some depth to the pitching rotation, and and you know, always it's always good to get some more bats and. Uh, you know the, the team's going in the right direction, and uh, that that's what we're most excited about. They uh, they went twelve and one this season so far in in road games. Yeah, I mean in midweek games. Midweek, me. not, mm-hmm. not road games, but uh, you know they uh, th- there's there's definitely been some improvement, and the people that that kind of follow the baseball team know that, and uh, you know they're really excited about the future of Alabama baseball. Well, uh, to to talk about the uh, the improvement, uh. 2017, they went 19 and 34, and uh, and that's when uh, Greg uh, Goff was the coach. And of course, we know that Greg Byrne got rid of him after one year. And then last year, um, we our first uh, year with um, <clears throat> excuse me with um, Brad Bohannon, they ended up 27 and 29. Now that is, you know, almost a 10 win improvement. Yeah, the loss uh, losses were pretty pretty bad but i mean just look at this year compared to what they were two years ago um i did see some people say on twitter uh twitter that uh you know back a couple years ago uh a win against troy and and sanford wins wouldn't wouldn't be realistic because they were just so down and uh you know we're still kind of bottom feeders but like we said i think next year um is is when they're gonna make the turn uh brad bohannon i believe has got them in the right direction and and um I'm just excited to see what they can do. 
you know, and, and you know, just a quick point on, on this season. I think this season could – I think they could have maybe five to to eight more victories, especially in conference play, if uh, if, if our catcher, Sam uh, Prater, doesn't get injured early oh, on yeah. in the season. Yeah. I mean, last year as a freshman, he uh, – uh, he was fourth in the league, or tied for fourth in the league in, in walks, uh, and uh, he uh, had a 430 on base mark, which was good for eighth uh, against ACC opponents. So he, he he was also not only do you, when you lose your starting catcher, you're losing the best guy behind the plate, but but with Prater, you you lost a good a good guy on the plate, you know, oh. uh, hit on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, yes. And then you know you got to move guys around, so then you weaken your your depth uh, at other positions as well. So I, I think that was a that was a hit on this season, and and they definitely could have had a better record, I believe, if, if Prater had not got injured. I think yeah. he got injured in, in the Ball State series early on in the season, and uh, they decided to shut him down for the uh, for the remainder of the season mm-hmm. uh, after his surgery. So uh, uh, he'll be back next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, along with a really good recruiting class, and uh, we're really excited about the about the future of Iowa baseball with Brad Bohannon. Yeah, and uh, one 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 point is uh, the, talking about the recruiting class. Brad Bohannon, what he can do recruiting wise. I mean, he's getting these guys to come to, you know, a school. We always talk about a football school, but also a school baseball wise, program wise, has been down for several years, and he's rebuilding it, and it's been awesome to watch. Yeah, uh, and by the way, that that question on the baseball team uh, come from our good friend uh, at KitKatB34. So we appreciate that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our friend Bobby, he uh, at Bobby Bush seventy two. He he kind of he was talking about baseball as well, and, and you know wanted to why wondered why we couldn't win Sunday SEC games, and and a lot of that has to do with depth, and a lot of yeah. it has to do is the SEC is super strong. I mean. You just look. You just look at the rankings, and I mean, it's pretty much all SEC teams. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It is. There's just there's just a couple of SEC teams that are not ranked in the top twenty five. So it's a it's a tough league. And uh, Alabama was was in the bottom of the SEC, and they're trying to climb their way out of it. And it's it's going to be a an uphill climb. But I think Alabama has the right guy to, to get them uh, moving in the right direction. And I think they're already moving in that direction. I agree with that. And, and we had one more question from uh, BJPs at SVFD243. So we appreciate that question. He he wanted to know if he if we feel like the Alabama basketball program has the right person in charge. And, uh, you know, he went on to add that he feels like the basketball team is on the cusp of becoming a legitimate threat mm-hmm. and they just can't seem to get over the edge. And he likes everything he's seen so far from Nate Oates. He's just hesitant to give the. He's just hesitant given our recent past, and you know, me and Jake have discussed that on an earlier podcast, uh, especially the ones right after Nate when Nate Oates was hired. Yeah, that, that we feel like he is the right guy for the job. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, if you keep up on Twitter, we're constantly retweeting out uh, all the offers that have been made to you know four and five star high school basketball prospects. Now that doesn't mean Album's going to get it all of them or no. if they get any of them but right. but Nate Oates is out there selling the Alabama name and uh going after some of the best players in the high school circuit so that's exciting I like his attitude he, he's 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 all about relentless effort and energy and you know playing for one another and and I just feel like that's what Alabama needs right now 
Oh yeah, and we talked about it, it don't seem like the uh, the coaching staff sleeps because, like you said, they're out recruiting all the time. It, it's it's amazing. There's a, you know, we're 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 giving out scholarships or you know to anybody and everybody that's a four or five star recruit basketball wise. It's it's awesome to see. Yeah, and uh, I I hope we can we can close on a few of those guys. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple that I I actually feel good about. Uh, uh, for for next season, I'm not going to say yet because it's really early in the process. So yeah, uh, and everybody takes everything you say is, you know, it's <laughs> it's true. It's true, and I don't want to I don't want to be like that. But uh, right. But that's that's all the questions we had. So we're going to kind of move into our discussion on the top quarterbacks at Alabama in the Saban era. And uh, Jake, I want you to tell me who your number one is. I bet I can guess it, but I'll go ahead and tell me who you got at number one. Uh, you might not be able to guess it, but uh, I'm going to go with A.J. McCarron. And for for this reason being, he won three national championships while he was at Alabama. And, uh, and he uh, – you know, he come in. I think it was a Florida game, maybe in two thousand eight, where he he muffed. A, he was the uh, the holder for the place kick for the kicker, and he he muffed the ball or something, and Saban shoot him out, and, and everybody remembers him smacking that that rear end of his. And I remember AJ later on saying, you know, that changed him as a football player. And and then um, in two thousand eleven, he he had he threw sixteen touchdown passes with five interceptions, but his breakout year, his junior year, he had 30 touchdowns with only three interceptions and had a 175.3 uh, QB rating that year. And uh, and to me, um, everybody thinks it's Tua, but I, I love Tua. But, uh, but what A.J. did under Saban and how he improved every year uh, it makes him the number one in my mind. Uh, I, you know that's a really it's a really good argument. I mean, uh, I, I went with two at number one, and I almost went with AJ simply because of, of like Jake said, he had a his career was just remarkable. Really, I mean, he yeah. he, he holds every you know career record at Alabama. But to be fair to Tua, his his career is not over with yet. I mean, he's exactly. just he's just about to go into his junior season. So, mm-hmm. I, I think. I went with two at number one, and and I'll just go ahead. And AJ was number two for me, mm-hmm. and it was actually tighter than what I think most people would would have it as. But AJ McCarron had one of the greatest careers at quarterback in college football history. I that agree. doesn't that doesn't mean he was one of the most talented guys, but as far as college quarterbacks, mm-hmm. he's he's one of the better ones to ever do it. I agree. Uh, so who you got at number two, Jake? I got to, uh, um, you know, he he come in his freshman year uh, at halftime in the championship game as a freshman, of course, and just dominated the second half against Georgia and and threw that awesome twenty six yard twenty six I think it was twenty six yard bomb to uh, no it was second it was second yeah. twenty six yeah so he threw that bomb and it was a perfect throw we seen what he did last year yeah he struggled with a little bit of injuries. Uh, a lot of people, and I, I don't, I don't agree with this, but a lot of people think he can't play against good defenses. He don't have that, you know, because they're like, well, he struggled against Clemson, he struggled against Georgia late, he struggled against, um, you know, some of the better defenses like Mississippi State. But I mean, he was fighting that injured knee as well, and his, I think his ankle was in, uh, hurt a little bit too. But 
I think he's um, he's healthy this year, and, and I'm going to say watch out because I think he's going to have a, a major year for Bama. Yeah, I mean, he already had it. I mean, his last year, I mean, it was spectacular. And, oh, yeah. And I, I expect much of the same uh, th- this season for Tua. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I have uh, Jalen Hurts at number three. Uh, you know, obviously he, was, he wasn't the most polished passer. But when I think about what he meant to the team, that's why I have him in, in my top three. I mm-hmm. mean, his freshman season – he was our only hope on offense for a oh, yeah. long for a long period of time. Uh, we had a we had a problem trying to find our identity, and and Jalen come in that first game against USC and and just lit it up. And his ability to make plays, you know, kind of you know out of the pocket and you know just kind of on, on the on the fly. He he just really changed the offense that season. And and uh, obviously he wasn't a, just a fantastic passer or anything like that, but he. He he led the team well, even as a young player, and and, and made a lot of plays, and uh, I, that's why I feel like he he was probably deserved to be in the top three. Yeah, I also got him at number three. Um, like you talked about his uh, freshman year, uh, he threw twenty uh, twenty three touchdown passes, um, and then his sophomore year he threw seventeen to only one interception. I think that interception came late in the season. I mean, he went. Nearly the whole season without throwing an interception, and uh, um, but he also I think he uh, owns the record of rushing touchdowns, uh, I believe at Alabama. Uh, might have been four quarter, now. yeah, four quarterback, four quarterback, yeah, yeah. And um, so I mean, what he did, and uh, and when he come in for George in the Georgia game last year, in the SC championship game, he he willed that team to victory, and and just the way he handled, you know, losing his his starting position and the way he handled himself all year. I mean, whenever it come time for him to step in and play, he played like he's still part of the team. And, and I credit him that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people saying, yeah, you know, he's, he's over and he's over in Oklahoma now, but as, as a fan of Jalen, I want to see him succeed. So I'm, I'm hoping he does get over there. I hope they don't beat us if we play him, but you know, I, I hope he does succeed and have a good year. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, I think we all felt like Saban in, in that moment after the, the SEC championship game against Georgia this past season. It was just – that was a very emotional moment. Yes. Uh, you know, it was kind of all the noise from the off season last year throughout the regular season, uh, you know, Tua and Jalen and, you know, what's going to happen, what's Jalen going to do when Tua went it, after Tua won the job and just – just all the drama around it, and, and Jalen mm-hmm. Jalen just kept quiet and kept playing and kept grinding and kept getting better and better. And when yeah. he got his opportunity, he made the most of it, and he won that SEC championship game for Alabama. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and that's that's kind of what catapulted him into my top three. And you know, I'm going to miss Jalen. Uh, he's a, he's a heck of a human being, and and obviously, I wish him nothing but the best, ex- except if he plays Alabama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but moving on, uh, I have uh, John Parker Wilson at number four. Uh, you know, he was he was the, the first guy. Uh, so, he, yeah. he played with the least amount of talent. He did get Julio. <laughs> so, uh, that was that was a plus for him. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, JPW, he was he was a really solid court, college quarterback. You know, he he wasn't too flashy, flashy or anything, but he, he made plays when he needed to make plays. Like, I, the, the play I remember – 
from from JPW is the one in Baton Rouge in overtime when he makes the back shoulder throw to Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we get down to about the one yard line. I mean, he threw a perfect back shoulder to Julio there, and then then of course he sneaks it in. And uh, I think in, during that game he also gave the you know the LSU student section the you know call me. Uh, mm-hmm. Sign so that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the memorable moment for me for JPW. But he had a really solid uh, college career for Alabama. I think he was a starter for three seasons. I think he was mm-hmm. a starter for one year before Saban got there. And if I if I remember correctly, it's that's been so long ago now. It's hard to, but yeah, I, I, I I know he started Saban's first two seasons, and he he kind of helped, you know, uh, lead the path to 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 what happened after after he graduated and moved on. So that's how he how he got to number four. Yeah, uh I, I that's a good one. I also got him at number four. Um you know, everybody talks about Alabama just having, you know, game manager quarterbacks. Well, yeah, uh I like a game manager quarterback and that's what uh JPW was to me. He he managed the game well and uh and whenever we needed him to make a big play like uh the L S U game he made he made them and um you know he had a he had a good career at Alabama. Um forty he ended with forty uh seven touchdown passes and uh thirty interceptions and had a one twenty one point three career uh court quarterback ratings and uh he almost had uh eighty thousand yards in passing so he had a really good career at Alabama. Eight eight thousand not eighty yeah, I don't know why I said eight. I am, I'm tired. But yeah, yeah, eight thousand. I've been awesome. Had eight thousand. Eighty thousand would be yeah, would be, be remarkable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, who you got at number five? I've got a uh, kind of a, a tie at number five um, with uh, Greg McElroy and um, and an under the weight radar type guy, uh, Blake Sims. Yeah. McElroy won a championship with us, uh, but really to focus on Blake Sims, you know, he started out, I believe, like a wide receiver. I think they tried him at running back. Then he moved in when when really really didn't have a quarterback to begin with. And, and yeah, he he just played within himself and, and had, you know, that year he played. You know, there's a lot of people that didn't think he was going to be able to do it. And he got us into the playoff game and – and it the really the the Ohio State loss wasn't on him. It was on that defense who just tired and and all that, and they could not stop. Um, oh, what's his Zeke name? Elliott? Yeah, I mean, I, who can? But uh, but I mean, he he uh, he was a true professional as well. And um, to to me, there's a him and a McElroy deserved to be uh, tied at five. See, I had I had a, I have Sims at, at five and and G Mac at, at six, and and the reason I put Sims at five is is really because of like Jake said, he just kind of came out of nowhere and put out put up some spectacular numbers in the one year that he was a starter. Yeah, and uh, you know, he and he kind of done like Jalen did and, and kind of avoided the noise. I mean, we had. Of course, Jake Coker come in as a transfer, and everybody act like mm-hmm. he was going to be the the greatest quarterback that Saban has ever coached. And mm-hmm. uh, he's a little bit further down on my list, but uh, Sims, you know, under under Lane Kiffin and with Lane Kiffin's help, had a sensational uh, season uh, at the helm for Alabama. And you know what's funny is uh, <laughs> that spring game before that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he went like two or twenty or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and have a good spring. It was it was not pretty, and and uh, of course everybody was 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 freaking out. I mean, including myself, that was kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, I think I could have went to a twenty, but uh, <laughs> but you know, he come back and uh, he completed sixty four and a half percent of his passes for nearly thirty five hundred yards, twenty eight touchdowns and ten receptions. Uh, now he 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 threw it a lot to Amari Cooper that year. I mean, Amari, oh, yeah. Amari Cooper uh, had had a lot of yards, a lot of those yards uh, that that season, and you know, it's always nice as a quarterback to have somebody like like that to throw to, but you know. Uh, I just feel like Blake deserves to be ahead of Greg McElroy because I just didn't feel like Greg McElroy, you know, did anything out of the ordinary really to, mm-hmm. to, to help his team win. You know, Blake Blake could make plays with his feet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he made a lot of plays late in that LSU game uh, in Baton Rouge to send it to overtime. Uh, he made a couple plays with his feet in that, in that game. Then he make, made a couple throws. So that was really – the difference between you know McRoy, obviously, I'm grateful for everything he did for Alabama, but he uh he was he is the epitome of a game manager. Yeah, and uh you know he had both Richardson and Ingram back there to hand that ball off to, and and that's when Alabama was just road grading people on the offensive line, and yeah, and uh you know McRoy didn't really have to do a whole lot, and that's not I'm not taking away anything away from him. I mean he 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 played well when he when he was there, and I appreciate all he did for Alabama. But uh, yeah, but I just feel like uh Blake made the the greater impact on on the team. Yeah, definitely, I, I agree with that. He uh he was truly a, a special player that one year, and it was fun to watch. I mean, um I believe it was one game that uh him and Amari. Like is was he the one that had the ninety seven like a ninety yard pass and uh, with Amari Cooper and uh, something like that? It was it was awesome to see. Uh, I think he had a he had a, he had a real long one to Kenyon Drake to open Kenyon Drake yeah to, to open to, yeah to beat in the Florida against Florida that yeah. that was one of the one of the better plays. Florida yeah. made the mistake of running a linebacker out there on Kenyon Drake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, but we. Um, We've talked about, you know, we're going to we're going to go through a whole list of of our, you know, top five players, um, you know, for for the summer. Uh, it might not be every week; we may be a week or two off. But uh, but this is something you're going to be able to to enjoy, uh, guys and uh, and gals. And I hope you uh, continue to listen. Yeah, you know, obviously Jake Coker was the the last guy on on the list for me, mm-hmm. and really it's it's because you know he only had one season. Where yeah. he was the the true starter, and uh, Derek Henry averaged about forty carries a game. It seemed like that season. Yeah. You know, he he was the Heisman Trophy winner. So, and but I do want to I do want to give Jake Coker credit. I don't know if anybody has ever played tougher or harder at the quarterback position than what Jake Coker did yeah. in that one season. <laughs> I will never forget the run he had against uh, Texas A and M. Mm-hmm. When he lowered his shoulder and just plowed over that dude, and he got up, fired up. That's when that's when I was sold on Jake Coker that season. Yep, exactly. But that's 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 my list. I'm assuming, obviously, that's the last one for you too, Jake. So he, yeah. <laughs> but <That's> uh, it. <laughs> we're we're excited uh, to kind of go through you know each kind of position or position group uh, to kind of see where everybody stacks up and and our, how our lists stack up against each other and. 
they were act, mine and Jake were the same, except he had AJ at one and I had two at one. So, uh, yeah. they're pretty much the same. And, uh, we know we're excited to bring all these different lists to you. We're, uh, excited about having this podcast and, and having our followers on Twitter. It's always fun to catch and, up with y'all on and, there. And if you, and if you want to uh, give us your list of your, uh, favorites after we get done underneath when we share share this podcast that, that's fine we'll, we'll uh, love the interaction as well yeah uh, yeah please do that yeah you can tweet you can tweet at the podcast at tide talk underscore pod uh remember to use the hashtag tide talk uh you can tweet at me stacy blackwood at blackwood 89 and i am at uh, my computer's being slow i am at uh jake thomas tide yeah so make sure you uh you know give us a follow tweet at us let us know what you think and uh, we look forward to talking to y'all again next week. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.